My name is Nikita Banks, and welcome to Black in Therapy. Now, I'm a New York City-based psychotherapist licensed as a clinical social worker here in New York and New Jersey. Before I start the show, I want to invite you guys to follow us on our social media platforms, everything at Black in Therapy, which is Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay? Thanks. We're going to get into the show. Still getting used to podcasting and I'm kind of reading from my notes or bullet points to make the show a little concise as possible. But I will say this. uh, This will probably be one of the longer shows because I want to tell you a little bit about how the podcast came to be and why I am doing it and a little about my journey from patient to practitioner. But before we get into that, I want to give out my email address, blackintherapy at gmail.com. So you can send me show topics, ideas, and reach me if you would like to be a guest on the show. So our usual format will be a mix of today's mental health news affecting people of color, discussion about specific psychological issues, um, diagnosis, leading treatment approaches, and courageous guests who are willing to share their foray into um, the business and the practice of caring for their mental health. But tonight is my story. I'm a little nervous. And with that said, I'll just begin at the beginning. So I am a victim of repeated exposure to trauma, not unlike that of many African-American children and girls. Um, You name it, I've been exposed to it growing up in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, which I love. So I often joke that being from Brooklyn is a blood type, but it doesn't come without bloodshed. I don't want to focus on all of the traumas that I've endured in my life, but what I will say, through a strict mental health practice and investment, I have overcome a lot of what I've been exposed to and a lot of what really affected my mental health negatively. Like most African-Americans, I thought a lot of what I was exposed to was normal. The high crime exposure, domestic violence, sex abuse, verbal abuse, and uh, mental abuse, physical abuse, right? So I I thought it was kind of normal and it was definitely normalized because I either saw it or experienced it and it was kind of impolite to talk about it until I went to therapy. And so going to therapy was the first time that allowed me to really honestly talk about the things that I had seen and it validated the fact that it was nuts and it was crazy and it was not normal even though I saw it every day or you know everyone I knew had been through some of the the things that I was going through a lot of what I went through was very traumatic betrayal deaths just I, I had a mental breakdown and I was working at the time and I was teaching at the time and I was going to work and I was like literally crying in between classes and I was not able to function and the only thing that made me really function was the fact that I had to go to work and the fact that I had to take care of my child but besides that I was like putting on a mask and going outside pretending that everything was okay that was far from the truth so you know I'm a I am a single mother but I was a single mother of a young child at the time and besides getting up to take care of him I was barely functioning you know now looking back as a practitioner I have patients who cannot get out of bed. I have patients who can't even comb their hair or shower or, or, you know, I was never that bad. Um, And now I know that what I had was 
not depression, which is what I thought it was. It was dysthymia, and I'll get into the diagnosis and what that even means in a minute. I can't really remember my age, but I was in my 30s. And as I stated, I had gone through this really bad time period where I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that I was unhappy and that struggle that I was going through didn't feel normal. Um, even though it was normalized, a lot of my friends were unhappy in unhappy relationships and in un- unhappy jobs and not doing what they wanted to be doing with their lives. And I just knew that there was more to it than that. And I just did not have the answer. So that year for my birthday, I always, it's not a birthday gift, but around my birthday, I always go to my yearly physical. And that year I asked my doctor for a referral to a therapist. And she referred me to the guy who I have been seeing for the past, I think seven years. After about a year of going to him, what I ended up doing was deciding, well, let me back up. So once I started going to therapy, a lot of my friends were kind kind of asking me a bunch of questions. So I would go to therapy and they would be like, well, what did your doctor say about so-and-so? Or what did your doctor say about this? I had to tell them they get their own therapist. Like, why are you asking me what my doctor is saying about my problems as if you can, you know, try it on when we get home? No, go get your own. But um, after a while of going to therapy and just kind of talking about all of these things that were impolite to talk about and talking about all of the things that maybe I was too insecure to speak to my friends about or things that I had spoken to them about and they just didn't have the the answers or didn't have any clarity on, I noticed that my mood shifted. My coping skills had improved immensely. It's helped me become a better person. So while I was in therapy, I had ended up watching an episode of Auntie Oprah where Ayanna Van Zandt was talking about her book, Peace from Broken Pieces and Breaking Generational Curses. I also utilized that book kind of as a workbook to work out some of my issues. And it was kind of my homework to recognize patterns of behaviors and things that I wanted to improve. And so I was able to kind of do that um, with the book. And what I recognized for me, like my breakthrough, is that I had allowed myself to be treated by a lot of people around me who didn't honor me properly. And I had learned lessons from just the way I grew up and how I grew up and how I was treated and family stuff that I didn't matter and that it was kind of shameful in a way for me to ask for the things that I wanted. And that became a big sticking point for me. And it is a sticking point for me now when I really want to be clear on the boundaries and the lines that I don't want people to cross. So I was able to kind of utilize the book as my homework um, and her story and therapy in order to kind of get coping skills in order to deal with the life stressors that I had. So I was in therapy for, I don't know, a little while. And then after a while, I decided that I wanted to be a therapist. And probably about a year into therapy, um, because I was so excited about all of what I was learning and all of what I was feeling and the happiness that was coming in my life. And I was just wanted to share it with my friends. And there were those of them who were not at all happy with the shift in my mood. 
and they were not at all happy with the boundaries that I refused to allow them to cross. And they were not at all happy with this new redefinition of who I was. I I now recognize that there are people in life who want to keep you where they are most comfortable with you being. And I had to let those people go. I've become comfortable enough in my own skin to not need them and be vocal about what I do and don't want when it comes to that. But I'm not going to lie. It does get lonely. It gets lonely. Um, Pushing back on what I said was the norm, which is abuse and, you know, verbal, mental, physical and whatever. Like, I don't want to have a basketball wives lives. Like, I I don't want to live in an episode of Love and Hip Hop. And for me growing up in Brooklyn, like, you know, it was not uncommon for me to, you know, set it off. And, you know, that's just not who I want to be. And spiritually, I'm a lot happier. So there's that. So generally anybody who goes to a therapist and pays money, money can be off the record to a certain extent. There are records that we have to maintain and things that we have to keep up with according to standards and practice. However, you know, it's pretty private if you're self-pay. If you're not self-pay, you have to have a diagnosis in order to be treated and that's a requirement that health insurances make in order to provide service because they're not going to give you psychotherapy or any kind of treatment if there's not an illness. I went through my health insurance. Once I started therapy, I'm pretty sure I had a diagnosis. I never asked my therapist because I just really felt like it was depression. What I now know is he diagnosed me with what is called dysthymia. Dysthymia, depression, it's depression that's pervasive. And what that means is that it's kind of like annoying headache, like a, like a dull headache that you just, you have in your head all the time. So it's just kind of like a general sadness punctuated by happiness and good times. So what I now know as a therapist is that everyone who goes to therapy generally has a diagnosis and the reason is is it's not about labeling but it's really about treatment right so you can't go to the doctor with a collection of symptoms and you know expect them to treat you right they're not going to know what it is or what the problem is or how to even help you or fix it if they don't know what it is or give it a label a diagnosis is necessary for treatment And so when I went to therapy, I never asked my therapist what my diagnosis is now. But now that I'm a trained professional and I diagnose people myself, I have diagnosed myself with um, dysthymia depression. And I laugh at that because obviously I frown upon people diagnosing themselves. But um, I kind of think that if you have the general knowledge, it's good that you have some sort of idea of or what your diagnosis may be when you go to seek treatment because it does help us immensely if we know kind of what we're looking at. So it helps us pinpoint kind of what your issues are or what we need to look at when you come to us for treatment. But it also makes helping you a lot easier if you have an idea. So for me, I thought I had depression, which is kind of what I had, but it was a certain type of depression. And that's what my doctor was able to um, 
ascertain because he had more information about the diagnostic criteria than I had when I just knew what my symptoms was. And he was able to put that information together with the, the diagnostic criteria and help me out. And I don't know, I, I won't say that I'm not depressed anymore, but I know I definitely do not have dysthymia. And I know that I have a lot more coping skills than I used to have. And I definitely know how to deal with issues as they arise um, now that I didn't know before. So at a later date, I definitely want to do more talking about depression as a diagnosis and all of the diagnosis that is under the umbrella of depression and mood disorders. Okay, so I don't want to get too into dysthymia at this point, but I just wanted to kind of give you a little history about what my diagnosis is, what my treatment history was, and um, how I ended up becoming a therapist. So um, I guess it was after about a year in therapy, I decided that I felt so damn good. I kind of wanted to give it away to other people. And um, as I stated previously, my friends weren't all that, um, some of them were not all that supportive with the changes that were happening in my life. And I get it, you know, one of the social work principles is that you meet people where they are. And I was growing, I was changing, I, my mind was expanding, I was learning all these new things, and I wanted to come home and share. And let's face it, you know, when you're not in a happy place, sometimes happy people are annoying. <laughs> so for some of my friends, I think that they were not able to kind of take me um, in that moment. And I get it. I'm not for everybody, but um, I was just so happy and I wanted to kind of give that away to other people. I started to look in my surroundings, my family history, um, and the miserable people that I knew. And I was like, if therapy makes you this happy, why don't more people do it? So um, I'm going to get into a show, probably my third show, about why more black people don't go to therapy. Um, there are a number of issues why we don't do it, but um, stigma is a really big thing, as well as there are not a lot of black practitioners. So... I had a conversation with my psychotherapist about maybe doing what he does. And he was like, I think you would be great at it. I, I don't know. I just a few months later, I just put my pedal to the metal and I was enrolled in NYU and I was getting my master's in social work. And as soon as I graduated, I got licensed. As uh, soon as I can go for my advanced license, which allows me to go into private practice, I took that test and bada bing, bada boom, I'm here. Um, and so part of what I really wanted to do and why I'm doing the podcast as well as telling my story is to let people know that you can beat this. Uh, mental illness is manageable. Even though I had a diagnosis, I don't really see myself as being mentally ill. I know that I'm somebody who will, for the rest of my life, have mental health issues, as we all will. There's a statistic out that one in five people will have mental health issues. That's a lie. Every single person on this planet will have mental health issues. Somebody will die. Somebody will leave you. Relationships will end. You will have distress. There will be traumas. But it's really about learning coping skills and mechanisms to help you get through those times and um oh family 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 we all got family stuff okay and 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 family can be a mental illness and issue all at once because I know that minds can be at sometimes but um you know going to treatment is a blessing 
And it's something that I think more of us need to do. And it's definitely something more of us need to invest in. And that's why I'm doing this show. So thank you for listening to our first episode. Please subscribe if you liked what you heard. Follow us, follow us, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and our Facebook fan page at Black in Therapy. Also, we're on SoundCloud at Black in Therapy for now because this is my first podcast. So I was like, I'm going to just throw it up on SoundCloud. And um, check us out. Subscribe to our mailing list at blackintherapy.com to be up on all the news that I have going on with this, with this show and my practice and everything. All right. Peace out. Great day. Thanks for listening.